After reading so much about it online, I finally decided to make my own sourdough starter. I just thought it would be nice to have a little bit of culture around here, you know? If you ask my parents, they'll tell you that I've always been the sort of guy who needs to have things explained very patiently before he goes along with them. Set the table? Sure, but why does the fork go on that side? Couldn't it go on the other side? Should it go on the other side if the person eating at that place is left-handed? Are forks even the best tool for this sort of meal? Have we tried chopsticks or straws? Has anyone tried making chopsticks out of straws? What if there's this ideal eating implement that we haven't tried yet because we're busy setting the table with forks instead of developing new and improved food consumption tools? They are very patient folks. Many people, especially nerds like me, share my instinctive skepticism for cultural norms and standards, demanding explanations and challenging traditions wherever we notice them, and routinely flaunting convention. Surely, we think, if you're smart enough, you don't need any sort of precedent to generate good ideas. You can just derive everything from first principles. Maybe by thinking outside of the bounds of established wisdom, we can use our giant brains to create novel solutions better than anything that's been tried yet. Before you go duct taping your phone to your arm or wearing socks on the outside of your sandals, let's examine some phenomena that might not seem related at first glance, but tell a compelling story when viewed in a particular light. The first such phenomenon is a battle of wits between three primate species, orangutans, chimpanzees, and humans. Obviously, adult humans outperform just about every other living thing on Earth in most measures of cognition, including developing measures of cognition. But we're going to be looking at how each of these species perform when they're still juveniles, around two and a half years old, well before they achieve their intellectual prime. How do you think that a toddler would do against other primates of the same age? If you said almost exactly the same, give yourself a gold star. There's no appreciable difference between a toddler and a chimp or orangutan when you look at their capacity for spatial reasoning, analyzing quantities, discovering causal relationships, working memory, or game-theoretic strategy. In fact, the other primates often outperform humans of equivalent age in these tasks. There's only one measure in which toddlers totally blow the other species out of the water. Social learning, the ability to observe and replicate a behavior that solves a problem when demonstrated by someone else. When it comes to raw intellectual processing power, it seems that juvenile humans aren't especially well-equipped compared to their evolutionary kin, but they seem to be very, very good at copying a good answer when they see it. As our next example, let's take a look at some history. During various historical periods of exploration and colonization, a similar story has played out over and over again. Brave, adventurous sailors arrive in a new land never before seen by their kind. They set up camp and begin preliminary expeditions into the territory, sometimes encountering native peoples that they cautiously interact with, sometimes engaging in trade. They eventually run out of whatever supplies they brought on their voyage, preparing to live off the land in some capacity. Then, one of three things happens. Either they leave for home, they die, or some generous locals take pity on them and teach them how they survive in that region. The Burke and Wills Expedition, the Navarrez Expedition, the first Puritan settlers of New England, Lewis and Clark, John Ross, Roald Amundsen. Over and over, we see groups of highly intelligent, well-supplied, well-trained, rough and ready individuals totally failing to survive in environments where other humans are kind of just doing their thing, where whole societies are flourishing, seemingly unaware that it's apparently some great challenge to find food, water, and shelter in these places their ancestors have lived for centuries. 
These explorers, often some of the brightest, best educated people at the time, found their survival wholly dependent on the charity of the locals, who hopefully shared some of their abundant resources and maybe a little tribal knowledge. So what do these factoids have in common? Well, if you ask evolutionary biologist Joseph Henrik, they point to a particular idea about what this big lump of gray matter between our ears evolved for. You've probably heard all sorts of theories about how human brains develop for the purpose of individual intelligence, to make individual humans well-adapted for problem-solving and prediction in whatever environment they're airdropped into. It's true that no other Earth species has figured out digital watches or differential calculus. We definitely have access to a categorically different type of problem-solving skills than your average bear. But Henrik doesn't believe that those skills are the result of individual humans being particularly smart. Instead, he argues that the secret of our success as a species, the reason that we have such a rich and varied toolbox of survival strategies and can acclimate to and inhabit even the most inhospitable environments with relative ease, is our unique capacity to transmit and receive detailed heuristics, models, and behaviors, knowledge and practices that can compete, mutate, and propagate if they're well adapted for survival. In short, cultural evolution. Consider the primate battle of wits in this light. Human toddlers aren't exponentially smarter than chimps or orangutans, but they are much, much better at closely observing and copying the actions of a competent problem-solving paradigm. Also, their performance gets better and better over time, as opposed to the other species who sort of max out around three years. These results would be peculiar if humans were evolutionarily optimized for individual intelligence, but they make perfect sense in a framework where our smarts are granted by the integration of culture. The hapless explorers are another interesting data point in favor of cultural evolution, or maybe against the theory of individual intelligence. If our mental faculties develop to make individuals very good at survival by problem-solving in novel environments, we'd probably expect brilliant explorers to have found their footing easily in unfamiliar territories. But they often flounder about helplessly until some natives who have cultural toolkits well adapted to their environment, give them a hand. Henrik argues that this capacity for acquiring and transmitting culture is the primary feature of the Homo sapiens biological architecture, and further, that it has become so ingrained in our species' survival that it has caused all sorts of drastic genetic changes. If you were to compare the human body to that of another primate, you'd find a number of gross deficiencies when it comes to anatomical advantages for survival. Our digestive tracts are comparatively short, meaning we can't extract nearly as much nutrition from the same food as our evolutionary cousins. Our species' physical strength is pretty impoverished, too. The chimpanzee is about four times stronger than a human of equivalent size, while gorillas are considerably stronger than that. You may have heard that humans are superlative at long-distance running, covering more distance than other animals without rest. But if you also subtract water from that equation, that advantage also evaporates. For all our vaunted persistence running ability, without ready access to water, our enthusiastic sweat glands and relatively limited capacity to store water in our bodies will cause us to keel over from dehydration faster than many other animals. But these biological deficiencies are balanced, likely outweighed, by cultural adaptations that humans in all parts of the world have universally adopted. Cooking our food unlocks more nutrients for ready access by our bodies, so we don't need as much intestine to get the same number of calories. Our musculature has exchanged strength for dexterity, meaning we can use tools and projectiles with greater finesse and harness mechanical advantage. Every society seems to have inherited or invented some technology to store and transport water, 
allowing humans to venture much farther from fresh water than other creatures. It seems unlikely that even a modern-day human raised by wolves would have come up with any of this stuff on their own, even if they're especially brilliant. And without those key cultural insights, they'd have a really tough time surviving in the wild. As Henrik puts it, our species is now addicted to culture, so inextricably reliant on the transmitted know-how of our ancestors that we'd probably die without it. Also, it seems that genes and memes have had a reflexive causal relationship, an idea called dual inheritance theory. The idea is that each new generation of humans receives both a certain set of DNA and a particular set of cultural ideas and behaviors from their parents, both honed by environmental pressures to be well adapted for survival, and these respond to and affect each other. We evolve a brain capable of receiving ideas about food preparation, we develop a cultural practice of cooking food, our biology adapts to fit our new diet, which changes the culture, which changes the biology, and so on. On the whole, Henrik is staunchly unimpressed by the vaunted powers of human intellect compared to the eerie capacity for culture to gradually accumulate and improve good ideas over centuries. He highlights numerous cases where tribes without access to modern science perform convoluted traditions that just happen to be perfect for insanely complex survival strategies labor-intensive multi-step chemical processes that make otherwise toxic food nutritious, divination rituals that randomize and optimize hunting yield, oddly specific techniques for bow and arrow fabrication that harness an incredible depth of material science and aerodynamic know-how without any actual material science or aerodynamics. These aren't exceptions to a trend of smart people generally knowing why they do what they do, he argues. They're just obvious examples of what's going on all the time. Humans getting smarter without really getting smarter. Of course, in the language of evolution, it's inevitable that some cultural elements passed down from generation to generation won't be strictly advantageous for a changing environment. Spandrels and vestigial artifacts of adaptations that aren't useful anymore happen all the time, and sometimes the proper response to a precocious nerd demanding explanations for why we do things a certain way is, you know, you're right, there is no good reason, we've just always done it this way. But Henrik's observations throw a wrench into the idea that an intelligent human can simply reason their way to the best answers from first principles, routinely ignoring precedent when they find insufficient justification. Innovation is certainly key to that process of cultural evolution. It's the random element of mutation that allows us to try variations of our genetic and mimetic inheritance to optimize it even further. Too little variation, and your species will stagnate and eventually be outcompeted. Too much variation, and, well, it's hard to set the table with extra fingers in the way. What do you think of Henrik's cultural evolution theory? Can you think of any examples of it in your life? Please leave a comment below and let me know what you think. Thank you very much for watching. Don't forget to- you gotta change this, man. Oh god, you again. Yep, it's me, future Josh. Just a reminder for anyone watching this, episode 200 is coming up, and I'm going to be re-watching some old episodes to comment on them. If you want me to sit through one in particular, be sure to visit the link that's in the description and vote for your favorites. Or least favorites. Yeah, what he said. Ma'am, how did mom and dad ever put up with us?